it goes right, it's a slice. If it goes left, it's a hook. If it goes straight, it's a miracle. This is Out of Bounds. If it's happening in the world of golf, we're talking about it. Coverage, debate, discussion, pro golf and local golf. Let's do it. This is Out of Bounds. And here are your hosts, Nate Sharman and Josh Derso. Another episode of the Out of Bounds podcast here on FingerLakes1.com. My name is Nate Sharman. Next to Josh Derso. Josh, pretty good weekend for golf despite not having a lot of the headliner players, especially for the PGA Tour, but still a fun weekend. Yeah, fantastic weekend for golf. Um, Interesting because it was a good, I think, a good litmus test. We're going to get into that a bit, um, but a good barometer to see how these non-elevated events can can do. Yes, good barometer for that. And then the Live Tour started this week uh, with their first event in Mayakoba this week. Yep. Um, Charles Howell won there. Oh, but we'll talk about the PGA Tour first. Chris Kirk gets it done. His fifth PGA Tour win, which is pretty crazy to Incredible. think about. Um, he's been on the tour since about 2011 when he was a rookie there. Um, he hasn't had a win in, in, a, in a number of years. A really cool story, though, for Chris Kirk. You know, he, he's, he's battled alcoholism. He took a break from the PGA Tour in 2019 to get some help, which is pretty, which is a really, really cool kind of underdog story for Chris Kirk. Um, it wasn't, there was some dramatic though. On, on 18, he had a one stroke lead and 18 to par five at, at the Honda Classic. And he, he went for the green on his second shot. It was an over 200 yard shot and it landed, I don't know, four to six inches short to a, to a semi island green, well, more so a peninsula, I guess. And it hits the rock short of the green it kicks back into the into the water probably about 30 yards almost hits the the honda car that's in that's floating tough on the lake real <laughs> so it's pretty funny visual really with the ball kind of soaring past the car in reality i when i was i was watching it live and i i thought chris or i thought chris kirk just sliced it yeah i thought he same, landed it over there exact same thing. but there was a hard noise it and you yeah. watch upon replay it was it was just the, the camera green. angle yeah, yeah it was just kind of and it was like i mean he, and he didn't really if he would have done that he would have been like what the heck and reacted poorly he didn't yeah. you know he just mishit it I don't know, or maybe not even mishit it but barely missed the green by you know inches and so he, he makes bogey there eric cole which we'll talk a little bit more about makes part to, to force the playoff and then in the playoff kirk hits this unbelievable third shot to about six inches uh, when it makes birdie, Eric Cole is not able to get up and down from the bunker to force the next playoff hole. So Kirk ends up victorious. Five PGA Tour wins for Chris. Uh, just an amazing story, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Feast or famine, and really, in hindsight, really appropriate the way the last uh, couple holes, couple three holes, played out for mm-hmm. Kirk too. Because you know, you look at how he's played so far this year, and he's got two missed cuts and he's got right. three top three finishes. Yeah, he's been around. He's been <laughs> so around. it's like, it's either boom or bust and nothing yeah. in between. And you saw the really bad luck of that shot on 18. Yeah. And then to turn around and just hit an incredible shot coming in on the playoff hole. Um, that's just, you know, that, that's awesome. He's also got maybe the smoothest swing. Oh yeah. I've seen in a really it's, long it's nice. time. Um, he's got that little pause at the top and mm-hmm. it's just really momentum based and doesn't look, you know, I almost compare it to like an Ernie Els style swing where it, it looks effortless, even though there's clearly a lot of power behind it. Right. So just a really, really cool thing to see. And who knows, maybe you can, maybe you can, uh, you know, use some of this momentum and keep the, keep it going. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with top three, top five finishes. Right. 
And it's just, you know, everyone's talking this week. You know, a lot of the big guys aren't playing. They've been playing a lot. And then next week starts another big run for them. So a lot of guys opted not to play. And we talked about that a little bit last week. And we talked and we saw a lot of discourse on social media about that. But I just really want to give kudos to Chris Kirk. You know, just going out there and, and taking advantage of, of a day where a lot of those big names aren't playing. And this, a lot of money on the line. A PGA Tour. <laughs> I mean, a lot, of, a lot of money's still on the line. Not as much as Elevated Lens, of course. But still, a PGA Tour wins, PGA Tour win. I mean, you can't take that away from him. And now he has five of them. I remember texting you after, and I said, Chris Kirk, guess how many PGA Tour wins? And I don't think anyone would have answered five, any common golf fan. Yeah, no way. No. So pretty impressive. And they're not, and they're all not throwaway wins either for Chris Kirk. You know, one was a playoff event. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's the high-stress situation. So so credit to Chris Kirk for being able to get that done. I also want to say, I, I know you said not as much money, and I know, you know, the elevated events have just absurd amounts of money mm-hmm. being thrown around. But, you know, Runner up here, Eric Cole banked a little over nine hundred thousand dollars. Right. Yeah, we should talk about him. Nine a little over nine hundred thousand dollars. Like I know they aren't elevated events in the same way that the other uh, the elevated events are. Yeah. From the financial side, but good grief, this is awesome for these guys who are playing in these events. You had no no name brand player, and right. effectively you had the opportunity for any of these guys to jump out there mm-hmm. and bank a mill if they yeah. win. Right, that, that's so, awesome. Yeah, credit to them. Eric, Eric Cole, his first year on the PGA Tour, he's a rookie in um, in his mid-30s. You know, he's been battling for so long. He's been on the Corn Ferry Tour for about five years, trying to make it big into the PGA Tour. Um, so pretty cool with him. He also has a cool story, too. He dealt with some hardships, uh, a passing of, of a family member and some other hardships, too. So credit to him. You know, he earns that solo second, earns, what, like he said, a little bit north of $900,000, his previous earnings from the PGA Tour, from the few events this year, and the Corn Ferry Tour in his career, told to about a little less than $700,000. So he more than doubles his career earnings by playing golf and earns that solo second. And then plus, besides those earnings, he gets a ton of FedEx Cup points, vaults himself into the 30s for the season. So that sets him up in good position to be able to retain his tour card for next season. Uh, open. I mean, it opens up all kinds of doors. Right. And... You know, it hasn't really been talked about that much, but I think that's probably the biggest opportunity that won't get a ton of attention that these non-elevated events present to players. Right. Uh, Especially these guys who are new faces to golf. They can very quickly become familiar faces Mm -hmm. in golf um, just by, you know, finishing well in these events, racking up points, uh, you know, racking up some some. Uh, money list uh, value as well. And, you know, all of that plays into, you know, elevating the stock, elevating their individual brands. Right. And it's just, it's cool to see because we, we worried about this field and the PGA Tour, in my opinion, got one of the best outcomes they could get. Really good story, really good couple players there. So I thought that was really fun for the PGA Tour. The PGA got Tour what they needed. has gotten so, and I didn't even want to call it lucky. They, right. They've, been so fortunate out that's where the best golfers are to see <laughs> the kinds of finishes we've seen i mean yeah. it feels like the entire year now i mean it feels like it's at least been four or five weeks in a row now where we have had like the back nine on sunday has mattered right and i you know I don't recall that happening a ton before, so maybe this, maybe there's something to this new setup where right. uh, you're putting certain players in certain situations, and all of a sudden, you know, you got life changing money on the line. So that's gonna make any anybody, you know, really change their maybe, maybe change their attitude or strategy coming into these tournaments. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of life changing money, this one is that's life changing money. This one is really interesting to me. So Charles Howell the third gets his first win of 2023. 
uh, also happens to be his first win in quite a while when it comes to professional golf. Uh, Peter Uline, uh, Brendan Grace, Paul Casey, Cam Smith, Brendan Steele round out the top five crushers one uh, in that uh, event down in Mexico. I just want to say that for a guy like Charles Howell III, going to live was the smartest thing he oh, yeah. ever could have done. Oh, yeah. I mean, we talk so much about the live tour. I mean, if you look at the live tour, you look at who they have, it's all guys that can't, mostly made up of guys that can't win on the PGA Tour. I would say about 80% of those guys are saying, maybe even more than that, are saying, I can't win again. Let's go take the money and, and ride out my career. Yeah, so... Um, I mean, there's a few exceptions, like Cameron Smith. Dustin Johnson's in his own category. He's sad he just wants to yeah. kind of be done. There's a few other guys that can still win. Bryson, Patrick Reed, I think, could still win on the PGA Tour if they played. But... Yeah, most of them are just kind of running. Charles Howell won a combined $2.75 million from his three PGA Tour wins in 609 starts. He wins $4.75 million in his sixth live start. That's incredible, right? Mm -hmm. um, insane money for a guy who I would just like to say was never going to win again on the PGA Tour. He was always good at, at uh, being sniffing around a little bit, never really threatening. He was never going to was never gonna was, win again. He was good at good at cashing per se and he's doing that already in live <laughs> this is a huge problem i think for live yeah that hasn't really been poked at yet um this is exactly what live didn't want to have happen right you don't have your stars winning right and you have guys like no offense peter uline and charles howell the yeah. third being your headliners on sunday while the pga tour i grant you a couple of guys that aren't household names compete, but compete in a way more competitive environment. Oh, for sure. They went to a playoff. Charles Howell wins by what? Three. He wound up winning by winning the I individual least, side yeah. by three. Least. You've also got Wasn't the fact close. that live uh, made it very clear that they are really prioritizing the team yes, aspect of this. Yep. So the couple times I checked the leaderboard um, over the weekend, you get sent to the team leaderboard first, and then you have to like, go over to the individual side. Which the Crusher's also one wire to wire. Right. So, but this is just a, I, you know, I think that is the worst case scenario of what could happen if this continues to be the case with Liv. I think they will have a really hard time. And we're going to talk about ratings in yeah. a minute. Um, but I think it's really tough. What were your takeaway thoughts on the whole live? I think you watched yeah. more of it than I did. I watched a good amount. I watched it every day. I'm, I'm just a fan of golf. Um, I definitely would rather watch the PGA Tour, but just with the first event of the year, I watched a good amount. It's just interesting. You know, they play they play music the entire time. You know, uh, it's, no doubt it's, it's pretty, different. It's pretty funny. Like, like, to me, the visual is pretty funny. You have like Dustin Johnson lining up for a 20-foot birdie putt. And Pitbull is just blasting in the background. <laughs> so that's just a, it's just a hilarious visual to me. Um, some other some other uh, takeaways I thought you know just watching like Dustin Johnson's group the marquee group it looked like a, a club championship final at a Muni golf course around the around the green you know there was not one or two deep of fans it so wasn't bad. that many. but to be honest <laughs> the live might when, when uh, PJ Mayakoba was there it, they that, they didn't get a ton of right, right representation right. or fans sure. at at the PJ tour event so it's it, I don't really know if it's a big stop for people. But it, it is an interesting an interesting um, visual to see. I thought CW did a nice job kind of showing it. I think, uh, you know, just with that with that uh, shotgun start, you can you just always see golf shots. You know, they, they show a lot of Dustin's round, you know, Friday and Saturday. He was kind of out of it on Sunday, so they didn't show him as much. 
they show a lot of Dustin, a lot of Cameron Smith, obviously they're stars, right? Yeah. And you, you know, by you, you jump around to other shots, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to a PGA tour broadcast in that sense, but there's always someone hitting a golf shot, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, they don't really do pre, they do some prepackaged sets of, you know, what maybe you missed or, or they go and take a look inside the cabin with Faraday every once in a while to which everyone is not a big fan of, but they're not a big fan of that on the PGA tour either. So I thought they did a nice job kind of displaying it, but I'm interested to see if, if they're on their next event in about a month, if they get better um, fans precipitation or participation, excuse me. Yeah. In that, or if, if it, that's really going to be a problem for them. Yeah. That's the, I think that's the big challenge for them at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it necessarily matters as much if there aren't a ton of people actually at the event, but mm -hmm. the visual that you're left with watching it on TV, if you just see there's hardly anybody there, right. is tough. Great. Like that is not a that's not a great image to send. Way out more to people the world. on a classic than there was at Live Mycoba. Right. Yeah, by a long shot. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about it's that. It's also in the United States. I guess that changes things, but yeah. Um, but that was a that was a criticism of Live going all the way back to last year events right. that were held in the US. Like yeah. fan fans showing up were was I mean, it just wasn't. They're giving away tickets. Up to it. Yeah, I mean, whatever. That part of it is what it is. So let's talk about the rating side of this because you know, the biggest storyline that we've had the first you know two months of the year has been you know what does this TV deal mean for Live? Um, so obviously a ton of chatter about that, um, but also Live only registering a point to a zero point two on CW in terms of uh, Ouch. in terms of ratings. That means about two hundred to. 250,000 people tuned in. Uh, some affiliates in the U.S. actually chose not to run it. So CW affiliates scattered across the U.S. opted to run other things other than um, golf, apparently. Uh, Honda Civic by com or the <laughs> Honda Classic by comparison. <laughs> it is a Honda Classic, though. The yeah, Civic. <laughs> it is a classic. Registered a 2.4 rating, uh, 3.8 million viewers on NBC. That's 8% lower than last year on CBS, but that's a 37% increase from 2017. So you kind of see the dynamic there. Um, year to year, not a ton of change, but the big picture for the PGA Tour, the long view is that things are improving. Yes. Um, now, after looking at these numbers, I might say that, you know, things can only get better for Liv. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine they'd be much worse than this, but I really wonder, like, I don't know that the network has as much to do with it, but you know, if you're showing a sporting event on some kind of tape delay or um, you know, some of these events where they're overseas, mm -hmm. I genuinely wonder if there's a chance that they could, you know, this might be their peak in terms of how many people watch. Oh, I would agree for sure. They'll they'll peak in you in the U.S. events, North American events, than the tape delayed ones. I'm interested to see. I mean, I'm. I'm I mean, is Liv in that, trouble? Do you think Liv's in trouble if they? Oh, can't, for sure. I mean, yeah, if they can't produce better numbers than that, um, especially going against the Honda Classic, I'm. I'm guessing their next event in about a month will be going against an opposite field of, or kind of a lower field event for the PGA Tour. So we'll get a little bit more information then. But yeah, certainly, you know, you got the panic button out if you're Liv. You know, you're, you're expected a little bit of better ratings than that. I would think if you're an executive for Liv. Um, but yeah, not not a great showing. Yeah, it's it's. All around tough. I don't know. Let's uh, talk about the yeah. the PGA Tour real quick, but let's talk about the PGA Tour versus Live debate. You know, I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, just so many fans talking about, well, the PGA Tour is a weak field this week. And I, I just, you know, talking about Chris Kirk being a nobody for winning the PGA Tour event. And I'd like to argue that a little bit. I know he's not a household name when you think of golfers. You definitely don't think of Chris Kirk. 
He's got five PGA Tour wins, which uh, there's not a lot of guys in my mind that have a five PGA Tour wins. He's been there for about 10 years. Like I said earlier, it includes a PGA, includes a PGA Tour playoff win. So a nobody is a little bit of a stretch for me. If I think this is a really a really good win for Chris Kirk and and one that I think PGA Tour really needed too for a guy that's been there, you no know, not not a, a random guy per se to to have win is very big. Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, sure, not a household name, but at the same time, um, you know, the product was yeah, better, and that's really sure. all it comes down to. And that's kind of where I I left it. And week in week out, we're seeing that time and time again, PGA Tours putting a better product out there, and I think that's really going to be the case this weekend. And I think your your hardcore golf fans are going to not as much worry about you know where Brooks Koepka, Bryson DeChambeau are playing and live that week. They would rather watch the PGA Tour. Right, because you get just better golf. You know, you, you know, you're not wa- you're watching guys grinding on a Sunday or and even any day trying to make differences in their lives. Like Eric Cole, he set up his whole set up this whole career the rest the rest of the year. So I I think you know that's really going to continue to go that way, and it's going to be hard to pry people from the Honda Classic over to live. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a tough sell, especially when you look at the leaderboard and you know that those those marquee names aren't competing and the leaderboard is the leaderboard setup is terrible in my mind for live you know yeah, i don't know stuff. it's like the nascar style leaderboard i know it's not exactly the same so you you get that it's, it's up the whole entire time and never comes down it's yeah. on the left side and everybody's name is way too long so you have to have abbreviations of the name and if you're not a if you're not a live golf fan you don't necessarily know who it is right so you're looking at you see like you see like c for charles Howe, you would see like c period h o w and they might even put the third out there. I'm not sure because that's part of his name. But in, in you know, like me looking at it, or you looking at it, you can tell who it is. But like if right. you're just you're just tuning in as a golf fan, you might have to think twice until they either a show a shot or b talk about him on the broadcast. Yeah, which I don't think is ideal. No, it's not. It's <laughs> nothing about the nothing about. I don't the need to see the leaderboard the entire time. Is ideal right now. I, I don't, don't need to see the leaderboard the entire time. Yeah, I don't need to do that. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. Let's shift gears. Real golf now? Real golf. All right. Not exhibition golf. <laughs> Go ahead. Take it away. The Arnold Palmer Invitational this week at Bay Hill. Uh, oh, this is always a really fun event. Um, you know, Arnie's, Arnie's event, which people really, really care about. The fourth elevated event of this season, a $20 million purse. So we go back to that that big $20 million number for elevated mm-hmm. events. 120 golfers, par 72, about 7,400 yard, 7, yards. And as it is a Florida course, there is a as I would say, a pile of water. So that's something to, that deters players and makes them take a lot of times less than driver on a lot of these holes, you know, 75. One of the most iconic golf courses. Yes. Ever. 7,400 yards, par 72. It's not long, but yeah. a lot of, a lot of these holes, you're not, you're taking less than driver. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we, it's like, it's what I guess, you know, it's one of the golf courses that really became, I, I would call it famous during the definitely. tiger era. Right. Yeah. Um, Featured on a lot of video games and yep. stuff like that. Um, but just, you know, maybe not the most challenging right. uh, golf course to current standard to modern standard. If but you're in it's it down the just, middle, it's you can wrap a, it up, yeah. Right. It's just a place, though, that is so iconic and so important to the game right. that it makes this event elevated even before the mm-hmm. the quote-unquote elevated status of of what the tours added in with I mean, money we had what bryson shambo taking over the water on six a couple yeah. of years ago that I was mean, really cool yeah. we have other players doing cool things especially you know rory mcelroy talks about it you know this course not being that super long but he says you know you take care of the par fives 
and you survive the rest of the golf course by just, you know, kind of not killing yourself at all. And you can have a chance to win this game. So win this tournament. So yeah. And look, no I did it far. Well, and I also don't expect to see, you know, I haven't gone, I didn't go back and actually look at what the finishers have or what the top 10 have finished at in the last handful of years. I don't usually, but they don't I don't think it it's going to be like some of the, some of the events that we see in January where right. minus 26, minus 27, minus 30, 28 yeah. winning, right. you know? So like, I think that's, you know, it, within reason, it's not say a major caliber golf course, at least not in traditional setup. Mm -hmm. But it's it's still a, it's still a great golf course. Do you think this event lives up to the hype of the last couple of elevated events? I mean, I don't really see a scenario where it doesn't. Like this is I to me, either. this is we are in. You know, like yes, the PGA Tour is set up for a letdown. What does a letdown look like? Does somebody win by you know two or three or four strokes, and maybe the back nine isn't as competitive as the back nine on Sunday has been for the last month, month and a half? Okay, <laughs> that, I guess right. that would be a letdown, but that's still going to be super exciting, and people are still golf fans are still going to be glued to their television sets watching that right. on Sunday. You just I, are. I just don't see how you can get these that many good players together. I won't even start naming them just because there's so many good ones and you can have it's literally the best golfers on the planet having Period. a runaway event is challenging because that means that they just have to get out to some sort of lead and you have to have so many guys not playing their best that week and that's just really hard because you often you're I, in my mind you're going to see a packed leaderboard on sunday because yep. that's just these caliber of golfers they don't go away i mean you look at like justin thomas last year in the pga he was way away and gonna win in the event so yeah. it's these golfers are never really out of it until it's over so I would expect uh, even if there is someone you know trailing by or leading by a couple shots, come back nine on Sunday, it's not over. No, definitely not. Um, uh, let's let's get to our picks. How about that? Sure. You want to yeah. go first for your 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 favorite outright for the week or? Yeah. So um, it's funny because I feel like it's just been the same every time I look at the odds for these elevated events. I feel like I'm seeing the yeah, same names similar. in the top five over right. and over and over again. Rom, uh, Rory, uh, Scotty, Max. Uh, Colin, they're your your five six favorite guys. Um, my pick to win out of that out of that bunch, I would I would put Rory and Max. Um, Max Homa, Rory McIlroy. Rory's due for a, a he rebound is. here. He yeah. just is. Um, he's kind of just not really done much at right. all. Um, but not not abnormal for him. He is he has proven to be streaky in this way. Mm -hmm. Um, you'll kind of like forget about him for a couple months and then all of a sudden he'll rattle off a, a crazy run for, you know, six or eight weeks. Right. Um, we saw it happen last year during the FedEx cup playoffs, got hot at the right time, played the best golf coming down the stretch. Um, yeah. So my pick to win would be, uh, Rory. I think he combines the right things. Obviously it's the ball a long way, um, has the rest of the game to go along with it and would be a great, um, addition to this storyline that we're seeing involving um John Rahm, Max Homa, Scotty Scheffler, like the three I think what a lot of people consider to be the three best golfers alive right this second. Yes. Um it would be a real it would be a great storyline reminder, hey, Rory, he's still here. Right. And don't forget he's probably the actual best golfer out of that mm -hmm. bunch. Especially when he's when he's hitting and playing well, there's no one that can beat him. Uh, yeah. I mean he's got he has the best all around game. I would agree. It's what, uh, so, what about you? What do you, so hard you have not, for a pick? Not pick John Rahm this week. <laughs> I no, was right? really, really had a hard time. I'm not picking John Rahm. It's not my pick, but I really had a hard time looking through this to the leaderboard and doing some research about it. 
but I'm going with Justin Thomas and probably for some similar reasons that you are going with Rory. You know, he's been kind of playing well too, hasn't really ascended to the mountaintops this year yet. We haven't seen him win in a little while since PJ last year. So I'm taking JT um, and and I'm liking it, but I would not be surprised if John Romney wins again. Yeah, I mean, it's just really, it's really, really tough to pick against him. He's the hottest golfer right now. And mm-hmm. the second, I would say, Max Homa, who is the second hottest golfer right now in terms of how they've played since January 1st. Out of the state of California, though. Is right, but also but like still. was unable to slay Rom, you know, two weekends ago mm-hmm. and had the opportunity to do so. So, you know, we're in a we're in a situation now where it's, I, I guess, as much as anything, Rom's to lose. For sure. Um Long shot pick. Who is who is your uh, who are you watching as a long shot betting value? Taking a page out of your playbook, uh, so I'm going with Sam Burns, oh. forty to one uh, that I saw this morning on the Green Book. T nine here last year. Yep, knows how to win. He's got four PGA Tour wins. Uh, just kind of waiting for the Sam Burns to, to come back alive. We've seen the last couple the last couple of years haven't had a win yet this year, so we'll see if he can do it. This feels like a course that um, Jordan Spieth um, at plus forty one hundred. I think he's played well here a couple could. Times do something. Um, obviously he's just kind of been here and there, nothing really, you know, crazy. Um, he's 4,100. Yeah. He's plus 41. I, you know, to me, that's a great value. You want to talk about value. That's really good. That is a great value for a guy who, you know, this isn't a course that you have to hit the ball a million miles. No, you know, this is a, this is a course where if you just putt really well and you're able to control those, you know, 150 in shots, all of a sudden you can be, you know, you can fire 18, 19 under and maybe win this thing. You sure can. Yeah. All right, let's talk about our DFS lineups. I can do a little victory lap. I won last week. <laughs> Congratulations. Got a win last week. I think all of us finished outside of the old money line. Oh, but, yeah. Paul but, cut me um, by a half point. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he finished, what, 313 and a half? Three, I finished 313. Yeah. Oh, man. Tough. That is really tough. I got you guys by about 30 then. I was still out of the, out of the money, though. So we we turn a new leaf and go on to to this week um, for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. God. Hopefully, it turns out better. Taking a look at my team, I got to have a Canadian in there. Well, that's that's almost a rule. Taylor Pendrith and uh, my main picks are Justin Thomas, like I just mentioned. Another guy I was between picking outright, Will Zalatoris. So that kind of they kind of headlined my team, JT and Will Zalatoris, uh, this week. And my long shot pick, Sam Burns, is also in there. Yeah, so it's interesting. I kind of went with, I think this is the method Paul was talking about um, a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. I used to do this a long time ago when I first started doing these kind of like team uh, team betting things. I just stack the top end of the team and then just take Pick guys out of picture. Anything, yeah, basically anything that you can come up with. You know, the guys that are, are valued between, you know, 6,000 and 6,500, which is exactly what I wound up doing um, this week. So, John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Max Homa, three three players off of my team. I feel like it's going to be kind of tough to not have a good weekend when you're rolling with those three leading, your, leading your team. Stuart Sink, Aaron Baddeley, uh, and then we've got the... The token Canadian, I guess, <laughs> on the team. I always end up picking a Canadian, it seems. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's where we are with that. And eh, feel fine about it. Um, we'll see if this yields better results than the last couple of weeks. I will say, I have been incredibly disappointed because my best picks over the last, uh, my best players that I've picked over the last two or three weeks have just missed the cut. <laughs> and, you know, with any of these team events, 
if you get to Saturday morning and you have two guys that have missed you're the done. cut, you're not going to, you're not going to get to the money. Missed, if you have three, if you have half your team missed the cut, you're oh, three, you're toast. You're really, toast. you need, you need only two at the most. Yeah. To miss yeah. the cut. Yeah. And Paul's team's a little bit of a mix of, of both of our teams in my mind. He's also headlined by John Rahm yeah. as you are too. Yeah. JT went, in there. Yeah. I went, um, kind top of heavy by my method to the extreme, if you will, this week. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. Rammer, uh, but yeah, when JT and Tony Finau as well, kind of as my upper echelon guys, if you will. And uh, we really went, I wouldn't say true about him here, but, um, you know, Damon Shelton and, and Badley as well. So um, I guess my method to the extreme this week for me. I could, I, I have more faith in it than the, the plan that I've executed over the last few weeks. I'm trying to go back to back though. So watch out. <sighs> Yeah. Hope you don't. Hope you don't, because I I want to I want to get a W here. All right, our last topic. This is something you sent me on Twitter a couple days ago. Um, That's so what, interesting. Do you think? Well, first of all, I guess I'll preface it with: um, Do you think there should be an addition of a fifth major? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we need. I don't necessarily know that it needs to be called a fifth major. Right. But we're doing all of these elevated events now anyway yeah so we might as well spice things up a little more um golf digest tweeted this uh graphic out uh, which course is worthy of hosting a major championship um and i kind of took we were we were trying to decipher whether this was um intended to be a fifth major or simply host maybe the u.s open or right. host the pga championship or something along those lines um i think my answer varies based on which of those scenarios is being played out. But assuming we're just talking, we're not talking about adding a fifth major, which of these courses that you're looking at in front of you, we got Pine Valley, Riviera, Cypress, Seminole, uh, Mirfield Village, uh, Sawgrass, and Harbortown, which of those that you look at stands out to you as like one that could host a PGA or could host a U.S. Open? Um, Riv. Riv yeah. is a really fun course, uh, especially every year, you know, in, in uh, that tournament early in the year. But I would love to see that in the rotation a little bit more. Um, that's a lot of fun to watch. Um, the California guys seem to love it. And I mean, other guys seem to love it, too, especially those courses out in L.A. They're very big fans of them. Yeah. So I think um, obviously anybody who knows me knows that I, I Hilton Head Island has a special place in, in big my fan of Hilton Head. I'm a big fan. Um, so Harbortown, to me checks off enough of the boxes. And this is the thing, like my logic isn't, isn't so much cornered into like, I know TPC Sawgrass is, I think the obvious pick out of the bunch. Yeah. The most iconic um, probably because it's already, you know, people already refer to the players as the, the, the fifth major, unquote, fifth major. Right. Um, but I think, you know, if we've learned anything from the last few years in the gross growth of the WM Open out in Phoenix, out yeah. in Scottsdale, you know, you want a place that can be Definitely. an event, a destination, right. something that stands out. And, you know, anytime you, you put a, an event like that, a major uh, mm -hmm. on a resort, what is effectively, you know, a, a destination island on the East Coast? It's just, it's a recipe for success. I mean, it's a, it is in my mind, a guarantee that it would be an awesome event. My addition is Oak Hill in Rochester. Cause I just selfishly want to watch a major every year. Yeah. It's, well, we get to this year at least. Well, see, and they, that's a whole course. That's a whole separate debate because I, I, I don't know that depending on how this year goes, I don't know that we'll even see 
another PGA championship at Oak Hill with the new schedule. Because yeah. it is going to, it with May, yeah. Well, I putting just, a putting a golf tournament on New York and in May. Rochester, New York in the beginning of May. Right. We're not talking about like the end of May, basically June. We're talking practically the beginning of May. Oh, it could be beautiful. It could be like nice. It, it could, could be rain. 75 or it could literally be snowing. It could it could snow, yeah. Or it could it I mean the best chance in my mind is it just rains. Yeah. Because that's what happens in the spring here, it seems right. like. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully we get good weather. But oh man, I hope the other thing just, too. I'm a little scared. I know Tiger Woods said he's going to play in all the majors and hopefully a couple other events. I'm, I don't know I'm just a little bit scared that if he sees if, if there's bad weather forecasts that he could pull out because if it's a low if it's a Tiger, bad if weather you're listening, day, Rochester, upstate New York in May. Yeah, it's a beautiful. it's a real it's a real no way. No, no. If he's listening, it's absolutely beautiful because we want him to come here. It's ah. destination. It's, it's. I don't want to watch the poor guy limp around for two days and I'd, then miss the cut. I'd love to watch. I just love to watch Tiger. He's Tiger just, garbage. Brings a different buzz. <laughs> yeah, the other buzz of the area. So the other thing too is, you know, with regard to this list, um, there's t there's going to be tons of debate about you know, oh these you know some of these courses aren't challenging enough. Whatever the case may be, just like we talked about Bay Hill. Look, they. Mm -hmm dry out and speed up the greens and they let the rough grow out. Right. Any golf course becomes challenging in mm -hmm. modern golf. Doesn't have to be 8,000 yards long. It doesn't need to be this uh heroically narrow um you know tabletop style golf course. It can it can be any of these. So a major could be held at any of these venues that that we had on the graphic earlier. Agreed. Just can. All right, I think that's enough for today, Josh. We'll be back next week with another episode of the podcast here on FingerLakes1.com. Be sure to head over to our TikTok at Out of Bounds Golf Pod and our Twitter account. And remember, whether it's down the middle or out of bounds, keep on swinging. You've been listening to Out of Bounds. If it's coverage, debate, or discussion of pro and local golf, we'll be talking about it. Be sure to visit the website at FingerLakes1.com. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at OutOfBoundsFL1. See you next time on Out of Bounds.